This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you in the studio with Pastor Craig, and we are dropping five episodes all in the same day as a uh, uh, a response to a sermon that I gave on February 3rd, 2020 on the Bible, how we got it, can we trust it? And obviously there are so many questions that come from a subject matter like that. And over the last five years of the Q&A podcast, we've received many questions on the subject matter. So we're going after all of these. And uh, Craig, the question for today is this, why did so many books not make the New Testament canon? Particularly think of books like the Gospel of St. Thomas, the Gospel of Mary, other quote-unquote Gnostic, G-N-O-S-T-I-C, end quote, Gospels. Um, why did why were there so many books that didn't make it? Uh, so it needs to be said that at the beginning, when the church fathers were putting together the canon, which is the agreed-upon group of books that were going to be included in the Bible, there were extra literature uh, being passed around among the churches and among the people, and they were constantly debating whether or not this actually should go into the Bible. And we kind of take it for granted when we pick up our Bible, this is the Bible. But in the early church, they didn't have this one bound group. Uh, instead, they were receiving letters. They were receiving, the, you know, the church mm-hmm. at Ephesus received the book of Ephesians. Corinth uh, received the book of Corinthians. And so then these letters began to be circulated. And it began to be a little bit confusing because in with these letters came these Gnostic Gospels. And the Gnostic Gospels were written by this group called the Gnostics who were not, uh, who did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. And so they began to kind of um, take ideas from the manuscripts that are being handed around and build upon them or mm-hmm. warp them and change them. Yep. And it was actually accepted in their circles. Like you never put your real name on a Gnostic gospel. So you nobody would, knew where it was coming from. Never. You would take a biblical figure's name, you would write it down, and then you would tell very grandiose stories that were impossibly true. And that was what – there were groups of people who liked the Gnostic literature. I mean there were actual Gnostics who read it and loved this stuff. But their tradition was counter the Bible, Correct. counter the canon, counter yeah. truth, counter reality. Which is what, as we talked about earlier, that's what Satan loves to do. He likes to take a little bit of truth and insert a whole lot of messed up stuff. Mm. So I feel bad for the other church because they're yeah. constantly trying to figure this out. And so a group of apostles um, and church fathers after the apostles passed away had s- several um, uh, synods and they decided which groups of uh, manuscripts belonged in this one bound canon, this one agreed upon Bible. They had to meet four major um, uh, criteria in order to be included. Uh, the first one was apostolic. It, they had to be referred to or they had to say that they were under apostolic authorship. Uh, so they had to be endorsed by the authors or uh, by the apostles or they had to be referred to by the apostles. The second one is they had to be accepted. In other words, they had to be accepted as authoritative by the early church. So the people that came before them had to have seen these books as authoritative. So as time went on, hundreds of years passed, they would constantly look to the synods that came before them and say, okay, did they accept these books? And we do as well. They had to be consistent. Um, in other words, they couldn't contradict themselves. They had to be a, had an overall feel of connection with books of the Bible so they could refer to one another. Uh, so you might have a New Testament book that refers to an Old Testament book um, or a New Testament re- book that refers to another uh, writing in the Gospels or something like that. And so 
Um, that was the third criteria. And then the fourth one was orthodox. They had to harmonize um, with all the doctrines of Scripture they could not contradict. So these became the four, and, and under these are subpoints, uh, but these became the four basic ways of telling for the early church which books would go into the bound version of script of the Bible and which ones were not accepted. Mm. Gnosticism was a was a movement in the early church that wanted to get uh, credence, and so they denied the deity of Jesus Christ. Um, it's a bad way to get credence. Yeah, it, it definitely is, <laughs> and they insert a lot of uh, interesting practices, but they were uh, they were clearly not Christian. There's, there's an interesting uh, psychological reality that when a person has multiple choices in front of them, uh, it can get very uh, confusing and just like cluttery in their brain. They can have a hard time seeing the clear pathway forward when there's too many options. So a multiplicity of options creates uh, lower confidence, if you will. And so we see this all the time, like in world religions. Well, there's so many of them; they can't all be wrong, you know. Right, so right, 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 right. It's very challenging. One of the ways to one of the one of the great plots employees of Satan to diminish confidence is to inject a multiplicity of options. And so, even in this time, people are trying to figure out. Well, this one says it's from Thomas, and this one says it's from Paul, and this one says it's from Mary Magdalene, and and uh, it was it was very effective in heaping confusion. Uh, but the people of the Spirit of God, it's very interesting. Like you pick up very quickly when you're reading a Gnostic gospel that it is not inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, one of my favorite passages, we we actually talk about this a, a little bit, um, but this passage is from the Gospel of Thomas. And again, we, we live in a world that loves to explore, just like you said, um, extra um, extra options. Uh, we call that pluralism today. Like certainly it's not just one way to get to heaven um, or, 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 or maybe it's the Bible plus other books. Yep. Uh, but when you do faithful research, and that's the key when you mm-hmm. do faithful research, uh, you'll find that these cri- these four criteria yep. are not met by these Gnostic gospels. Yep. And one of my favorite is uh, in the gospel of Thomas. And this is gospel of Thomas one uh, fourteen. Uh, the disciples are complaining about Mary because she's always following them around, right? That they're always hanging out with Jesus, and she's always she's just a kind of a pain in the neck. And so they said, um, "What what's what's the deal with this girl that's following us around? We're just a bunch with a boys' club, and mm-hmm. and this girl's always following us around." And then Jesus says to Peter, "Don't worry about it, Peter, because when when she gets to heaven, we'll make her into a male, so she'll be a part of the boys' club as well." It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's hilarious, but it's interesting to me. People are going yep. like, no, no, the Bible, the, there must be other, other books. And, but if you read them, yep. uh, you'll find yep. uh, verses just like this. Can I just, can I read it? Yeah. Yeah. Simon Peter said it. to them, let Mary go forth from among us for women are not worthy of life. And Jesus said, behold, I shall lead her that I may make her male in order that she also may be a living spirit like you males for every woman who makes herself male shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Like you read that and, and, and the Holy Spirit is like, <laughs> in you is like, huh? That's not consistent, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so all I would say is, uh, for those of you out there that are doubting the, uh, authority of the books of the Bible, there were good reasons why some were chosen and some were not chosen. Yeah, a lot of conspiracy theory. And honestly, uh, when you look back into church history, you read the actual writings of the people who are working through this issue conspiracy is not in the game. It's adorable to take (laughs) conspiracy theories and transfer them back there. Uh, I would challenge anybody to find one piece of historical literature from the first four centuries of the church 
that articulate conspiracy theory on behalf of the church. It's just not. The church was persecuted. Yeah. Uh, the church didn't even become legal until 325 AD. The idea that there is like some conspiracy theory, it's it's crazy. So um, people can't find it. It's adorable. People drop bombs like, oh, no, somebody heard somebody say once. Well, yeah. anybody can say anything anytime. Right. You and me are used to that. Anybody. Yeah. can say anything anytime, but it has no relevance just yeah. because it's said. These guys sweat through the process yeah. for hundreds of years. Yep. And so what you hold in your hands as the canon, the complete word of God, has gone through the ringer multiple ways. Yep. All right, Craig. Uh, the next question is, are we missing any inspired books in our Bible? Let's mm -hmm. go after that next time. Mm -hmm.